Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. That was Jeff Buckley with Alaska Bye. And uh, interesting story. I was in Sarasota, Florida at one point, and I was recording uh, a project. And in the studio was someone who had written a book about Jeff Buckley. I believe uh, he is was the producer uh, for Jeff Buckley. So I'm going to see about having him on the show because the book is outstanding. And Jeff Buckley was an incredible talent that we lost way too soon. All right, so I want to share uh, my first guest who's coming on. But if you're not familiar with KUCI at all, you're not familiar with our shows, I want to direct you to our website, KUCI.org. You can see the full schedule of music shows, public affairs shows. We have it all, all kinds of different genres and inspiring shows for you. Uh, We are on social media at KUCI-FM. And if you want more information about my show, you can visit the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. So standing by is co-director Carrie Pickett. And we're going to talk about this film I had a chance to screen called Finding Her Beat. This film is extraordinary. That's an understatement. It is a, they're calling this film a feel-good movie of the year. And uh, Carrie is standing by now to talk about the film. I'm going to just share a little bit about it. For thousands of years, women have been locked out of taiko drumming. Not anymore. In the dead of a Minnesota winter, Asian drumming divas smash gender roles and redefine power on their own terms. Finding Her Beat dives into the rhythms and struggles that lead to an electrifying historic performance that changes everything. The trailer is on my show blog. It's wonderful. Getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. The film premiered in the fall of 2022. It is directed by Don Mickelson and Carrie Pickett, and Carrie is with us right now. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Janine. This film, as I told listeners, is absolutely wonderful. I know it came out, what, in the fall 2022? In, it premiered at the Mill Valley Film Festival in October of 2022. And, and it just premiered on streaming on Valentine's Day. <gasps> wow. Uh, it, it just, it's, it's such a beautiful film. Tell me, take me back to when the idea first came to you and your co-director to actually produce this. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to take it one step further back, and that is, Tiffany Tamarabuchi always wanted to play Taiko, but was really um, told no because uh, she was a girl. Mm-hmm. And then 20 years ago, she you know, managed to work her way up where she was in this amazing position to be able to be standing on stage with other men. And she and um, her performing partner, Megan Chow-Smith, who was also in this in this troupe felt so alone and felt so um, like it was, they were just really having hurdle after hurdle and they thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could bring together all these women in Tycho and, and try and learn from each other? Well, 20 years later, Jen Weir, of the um, director of Tycho Arts Midwest, took Tiffany's and Megan's dream and amplified it and came up with this idea of having a residency and a performance with the 
featuring the best, some of the best women taiko drummer all-stars in the world. And so mm. in when she got this idea to have the concert and got some um, funding to start moving forward with getting more funding, etc., she came to Don Nicholson and said, you know, this concert, if I can pull it off, is going to need to be documented and so that we can have a record of the performance. And Dawn said, oh, no, Jen, this is much more than that. This What you're doing is defying the odds and changing history and, you know, doing what so many people wish that they could do, which is making their dreams come true. She said, this is a film. Yes. And so she came up with the idea, and then she brought me on board um, because my past films have all focused on family and community and um, people struggling to make a wrong right and showing ultimately showing how much one person can make a difference. And this film has all of that. It sure does. And we need to add in the fact that there was COVID. It was 2020. There were lots of obstacles. And um, when, um, when, you, when, like, I always think of when I start a documentary film, that it's like buying a really expensive one-way ticket to an unknown destination. <laughs> Great analogy. Because, because you just, you know where you want to go, mm-hmm. but if you're a filmmaker like me who wants the, um, and Dawn as well, to have the story come from within and not direct the story from without and have a preconceived idea of what the film is that I'm going to tell. I'm out, I'm out to explore and learn and find out and be inspired like everybody else. Sure. And it's just that I get as the director of photography, um, I, and the one who was there for, you know, every bit of the film, except maybe one scene, um, uh, I, I get to share my vision of, seeing these amazing women create their reality and then change history. And the way you did it, you and Dawn did this, you're not just showing the performance, you're showing the emotion, what, what the women are going through, how they're even sharing, you know, their backstories, their struggles. It, It was beautiful. Oh, thank you. You know, um, I think the drum is a universal, element and yet um the film isn't really about taiko Mm -hmm. it's it's hung on the dream of bringing these taiko drummers together but it's a universal story of um being not represented being shut out being told no and then just saying okay i'm not going to wait for things to change i'm gonna throw my own party i'm going to make my own film i'm going to populate the people behind the camera to reflect the people in front of the camera so like the people on um, who were on camera with me were, and also in the post-production team mm-hmm. were all um, sort of a- a- Asian women, queer, non-binary, some combination of, of the above. And um, I think that helped create a lot of trust and um, acts, a good documentary, I think, focuses or it gets to have its journey because of the trust and access provided by the principal participants in the film. Mm. Were you were you also so moved by how diverse the women were? 
You know, I, um, like when I went off to Japan to um, film, I had people's bios in my, in my folder and I read about them, but I didn't really realize until getting there how amazingly diverse and different Chieko um, Kojima and Kaoli Asano are. Like with their styles, with Chieko being this from this very traditional style and Kaoli being from this um, sort of been described as Burning Man style of taiko drumming and um, how, you know, Chieko wasn't really accepted on the stage in the traditional world and Chieko wasn't accepted on the traditional world because, I mean, and Kaoli wasn't accepted because of her sort of interpretive um, style. And so mm-hmm. I didn't realize how perfectly aligned the women would be to show the reality of what, you know, the possibilities are out there for Tycho. I had no idea that there were so many different styles and that all these women who came together really have their own company, but they're um, operating, like Jen always says, that now when Tycho came to North America, women really became a full participant. But what Jen really is focused on is equity. Mm-hmm. And so there, um, women need to be lifted up as far as who's getting the invited to the conferences, who's getting the professional gigs and, yes. you know, trying to um, raise that. And so I think what's really been interesting with her beat is that Jen's vision was so big that not only were the women and people um, uh, 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 brought together for this concert, but when the concert happened, people flew in from Italy to, to the freezing winter of, of yes, St. Paul at the mm-hmm. Ordway Theater. They came from all these different places, and really, I think Jen really did make make history because now in the world of Tycho, there's no going back. Like, these doors have been opened, and it's been proven that women can take the center stage and fill it and... You know, have a sold-out house and standing ovation and super exciting show. And if it weren't for COVID, I think there would have been a real um, a movement for Jen to take it on the road and to form a troupe. And you know, Jen's dream is to have kind of an off-Broadway stomp style run. Um, but uh, it would really need some a, a producer. You know, a real New York deep pockets. I could see that passionate. Though. I mean, I could, passionate producer. Yeah. But couldn't you? Thank see, you. Could, I could see that happening completely. I mean, you do have Stomp, and but but this, what's so unique about this is that these women were not acknowledged for their talents. And I remember in the film, in the beginning of the film, I think someone said, you know, um, men didn't take us seriously. They would say, "You're not really doing taiko drumming," and to to have this opportunity to showcase incredible talent, but bring them together. Uh, to validate and bring strength was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, um, you know, women in film are very underrepresented, uh, oh, and yes. directors are are in the minority. And so, um, Jen and and Dawn uh, bonded. Uh, they were friends from college, but you know, I think they bonded over just this universal idea of. Um, you know, not being invited to the party. And mm-hmm. so um, it's, I think it's a very uplifting film and a very 
inspirational film, and I've you know seen people laugh, cry, and clap yeah. during the during screenings. Yeah, I saw a lot of emotion in the film. It was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um, it, it it I'm so proud of it, and and it's changed all of us as we've been in you know so many film festivals and. Um, then we had a theatrical run and we, you know, qualified on the Oscar, um, category for documentary, you know, and that only lasted for about five minutes, but it was fun. Like we got there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Have you you seen a increase in interest in people wanting their uh, young daughters to sign up? I, well, I certainly saw people bringing their daughters to the film and, um, so since Tycho, you know, since my world is uh, filmmaking mm-hmm. and not um, Tycho, that's not a question. That's more of a question for Jen. But one of the things that Jen has done, which I think is, again, just, you know, her energy is so phenomenal. She has purchased a building in St. Paul and is uh, starting a $4 million capital campaign to soundproof the building and to make a Tycho Art Center, and Megan Chow-Smith, the executive producer and principal participant, is um, developing curriculum for young people, especially um, people on the streets and also queer and non-binary, because she was um, really saved by Tycho uh, from that same situation herself. What a story. This is this is beautiful. I'm so happy to hear that they're they're wanting to create this center because I could see more and more um, young people, actually all ages. Because I did go to the website and I noticed that there there are classes for people that are um, have had no experience. Yes, I took one class um, at the beginning of the process uh, before I started filming, just so that I could give it gather a little bit of knowledge. And one of the things that I learned was that. Like, for instance, when the um, the bocce sticks are hitting the drum, and it's a performance art, so it's very much putting their whole body and choreography into mm-hmm. the performance. And so, for instance, one of the things I learned is when their arm goes up into the air, like, in their mind, that's a beat. Mm-hmm. And it has to be approached like that with the reverence of a beat. Yes. and. You know, I I uh, I love what Kaoli says um, about the drum helping you find your sound and yes. have a resonance in the life in a way. And mm-hmm. she's just am- amazing. And I think her message of peace at the end is just so moving. It's so moving. I loved it. Is there anything else you'd like listeners to know about the film without giving too much away? No, I think that the drum is really healing and um, universal. And so it, even if you don't know about Tycho or don't like, which most people don't, or don't really care about um, music films, I think this is a journey that you'll really appreciate and, and come out a, a better human. Absolutely. Where can people find out more about the film and you? Thank you, Janine. Um, findingherbeat.com is the website. 
And then um, for socials, it's at Finding Her Beat. And then my spelling of my name is K E R I, Carrie Pickett, P I C K E T T. And I'm at Carrie Pickett. And then my website is CarriePickett.com. And the one thing I wanted to ask before we wrap up, Carrie, is could you talk about how you became a filmmaker? I know you've done a variety of different films. My um, first career is as a photographer, and then I moved into really being interested in books and telling stories through books because I didn't want to um, have my prints be my career be focused on on selling prints mm-hmm. uh, for expensive, exorbitant prices um, and creating a scarcity in the mar- marketplace. I'm interested in storytelling, so super interested in telling books. And then my uncle has this largest archive of the history of theatrical ice skating. And so um, I kept telling filmmakers, oh, you should do this film about this history. And it was the largest art form for decades in America and it exported around the world. And so eventually I just picked up a camera and taught myself to be a filmmaker. It took me eight years to make that film. And it, it premiered on Netflix in... Um, 2014 in, in 10 languages. So it was wow. just a super, super, super huge success. And then um, it, I've never looked back. I've just made films since then. And now I'm doing another film on my uncle, but this is more of a personal memoir. And then also this question of um, impermanence. And he's got this archive of 44,000 pieces on this history. And where's this archive going to go? And you know, 44, what do family members... Wait, excuse me, 44,000 pieces of art? Of, of like, posters, programs, oh. photographs, pins, banners, costumes, skates. Wow. And so I'm doing a film about more about him mm-hmm. and his, re- his sort of um, place as a grandfather of gay photography in the early 70s at a time when it was the beginning of the gay men's movement and okay he's my my best friend and Aww. my mentor and so i'm his you know trying now he's starting to you know have some dementia issues and so i'm just looking at these issues of how do we create a legacy for people and remember sure. you know our collective history yes through these objects and how do we preserve this history and where do these archives go and oh my goodness wow. so i'm in the i'm still in produ- production for that film i'm still looking at some filming um but i'm also editing and starting to fundraise for that and then um i have followed the indigenous women standing for the water against the construction of the line three pipeline and mm-hmm. um i'd like to do a film on that called ribbon skirt warriors and that's really that's so almost complete. We'll see if I can finish it. Oh, a question about your grandfather. Do you have footage of him skating? No, my uncle. Oh, your uncle. Do you have footage of him skating? Uncle, yes, I'm going to call the film Uncle Roy, and I'm going to use footage of him skating that I did not use in The Fabulous Ice Age. Okay. I think that would be and great. Be, yeah. Yeah. Um I'll uh, get your email and send you my sizzle sizzle reel. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Okay. Do you have people you could interview that were his friends? Yes, and I have been interviewed. I've been working on it in a way for over a decade. It's going to have a lot of 
footage you're going to see Roy age through the years from his footage of himself all traveling around the world with the ice shows in the 60s. He was in Russia and Japan and oh, Thailand no. and in Burma. And so um, it's going to have an international because then in later years, he and I uh, will be seen traveling in Southeast Asia together and I don't know. We'll see. We're still editing, so I don't know what exactly it's going to happen. It sounds incredible. I mean, your your films have this theme of being very human centered, and it's it's beautiful. You're capturing the story, the backstory. It's great because who who would have done this? No one probably. Well, in the case of this film on my uncle, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, uh, no one. Yes, and yeah. and. So, yeah, and and it, I'm so proud of finding her beat, and I do feel like it's so fantastic to have, you know, such an uplifting, positive story to share with the world. Which we need. We need these uplifting stories, you know? Yes. At, at what point had you wrapped up this film, and then, because I know March, things were shutting down. You, What, what were things like? We stopped. Per- Sorry. No, go ahead. We um, wrapped production March 2nd of 2020, <gasps> a two-year production. Oh, my gosh. What timing. I know. And then I did the first round of editing, which was actually, um, I, I benefited from the, um, from the pandemic in, the, in that I had 12-hour days, day after day after day, to do nothing but edit. Whew. You know, and there was no calls, nowhere to go. Right. Nobody to see. And so it was just me taking care of my uncle uh, and, um, you know, he's two miles away. And so uh, I could just really focus on editing. And so I think that um, actually was a help uh, for me. And uh, the the whole thing took, post-production took two years, and we did a lot of it remotely. Our composer, Mealy Hay, is... um, in Australia, and uh, we did our color correction online with a with a color correcting studio, Nice Shoes, in Minneapolis. But we did it over a Zoom, which normally you would all be together in a studio and looking okay. at the same monitor and stuff. And so, you know, we adapted um, with COVID, but we were very, very, very lucky to just squeak by because. Yes. Um, I kind of say the world shut down March 7th, but it was definitely shut down by the 14th. Sure. I mean, you had all the filming wrapped up. I mean, that's extraordinary. Yeah. I know, because if it had happened two weeks before and we hadn't had the final concert, mm-hmm. like, what would the film, would we have, what would we have done with the film? Like, yeah. that would have, it just would have been so different. Maybe you would have had the performance streamed for people to watch because the people had already been practicing and together. You just would have... Yeah, but the Ordway Theater, you're hiring... I mean, that's a union state. Yes. Yes. That's a union state. Yeah, no, it worked out the way it was supposed to. Extraordinary. Amazing. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you so much. This was great. Yes, thank you so much. So, yeah, you can can find... um, um, the full concert is on Vimeo on demand, and the link to that is on the findingherbeat.com website. And um, 
there's more info there. There's email addresses if people want to find us. And people can even sign up for drumming lessons. Yeah. In Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's the beautiful thing is that as we've traveled around the country, local taiko groups have stood up to um, support us, and we have um, gotten them a budget from the film festivals to perform. And so we've been trying to lift up the professionalism of the taiko groups all around the country. And so if people are interested in taiko, um, all they got to do is Google and we'll probably find a group very close to them. I wonder if they have anything here in uh, Southern California. Oh, yes. California is a hotbed of the San Jose taiko. That's um, Diana Wu. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's lots of uh, options for you. Extraordinary. Well, I loved it. I want to thank you so much for calling in, and uh, please stay in touch. I will send you a link to the podcast when I wrap up. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling in. Congratulations. It was great talking to you. You too. Thanks, Carrie. That was Carrie Pickett joining us to talk about her film, Finding Her Beat, which I cannot believe wrapped up March, the very beginning of March 2020, after they did that live performance. You can find out more about this film on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And again, uh, if you missed the beginning of my show, there is a trailer on my blog as well. The, the uh, world premiere happened in the fall of 2022, and uh, that was Carrie Pickett, one of the directors, and Don Mickelson is the other director. And all the info on the film is on here as well. And within an hour, I'll have the uh, podcast link to our conversation. I hope you're having a wonderful uh, beginning of your Wednesday. If you want to find out about being a guest, you can send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E at org. I've been doing the show, hard to believe, since 2011. And I have had a variety of guests. Every single guest that I've had on pretty much is on my show blog. Even during the pandemic, I did them these interviews remotely. So you can watch the interview. You can listen to the interviews. I've featured authors, filmmakers, health and wellness professionals, anyone really. We're going to take a little break, and then we will be back. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM. I do want to mention that we are streaming at KUCI.org. And if you're not familiar with our schedule, you can visit KUCI.org. And we have all of our public affairs shows, music shows, incredible mix, eclectic mix of shows right there for you to check out. All right, again, we'll be back. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.